0: The following is a CSPN Media Podcast presentation. Alright, boys and girls, my name is Tobias Woolborn. and the name on the marquee is beer It Is on the CSPN Network. Shout out to Classic and Mentally for allowing me to do this show each and every week for absolutely free. And our good sponsors at Amazon.com. Click on the CSPN.us link. Then click on to support our sponsors. Go on there. Buy your Amazon stuff that you would buy anyway. Just show us a little bit of love so we can show you the love. So it can allow me to come to fun places like Birmingham, Alabama, where I am at good. People brewing literally right downtown, and I'm with the man, the myth, the legend of bearded beauty himself, Michael Sellers. What's up, Michael? How you doing, Hi, brother? Man, thanks for coming down. We appreciate it. Man, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, and first of all, thanks for making amazing
1: beer. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you saying that. That's great. So,
0: so man, let's, let's get into it, man. Let's start from the beginning, man. Tell me about your first good craft beer. Do you remember it? Yeah, actually,
1: um, it, I don't remember very well. There was a, um, this was in 93, maybe, and we had a group up here. Um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was back in that phase of mm-hmm. uh, those craft beers in the mid '90s or early '90s. And the, the beer was called Meaning of Life, and I don't even know what style it was. I just remember going, "Wait a minute, this, this is, is different, different. <laughs> and this is cool, and I and I uh, and I like this flavor." And uh, so that was kind of the catalyst of turning in uh, onto beer at that point. Yeah.
0: Nice. And then from there, how did that lead to you brewing beer? So it was kind of funny because.
1: I, I was overseas, and my, my partner here uh, now, Jason Malone, he, he had gone to school overseas and uh, for his uh, for a master's program. And we both simultaneously got to sample beers overseas, which Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the American lager style. Mm-hmm. That everybody was battling with beer. So coming back, we both had this kind of Eureka moment of like, "Hey, let's homebrew what we enjoyed overseas." And So it just kind of went from there. So again, from a home brewer's looking for things that they had experienced uh, Mm -hmm. somewhere else, um, to a hobby, to an obsession, to, okay, now this is crazy, but why don't we start a brewery? Mm. Uh, So that's kind of where it all spawned from. So, okay, so from there, right? So what did you first brew on? Do you remember? Yeah, we actually uh, had a Northwest, um, our Northwestern uh, uh, brew pub system that was the brewery that we had the meaning of life. They went out of business
0: and left all the equipment. Oh there. wow! So you wait me wait me wait. So you started. You didn't start like most guys. just start with the Mister Beer kid or you know something. No no no, no, yeah. no,
1: no. We started as home brewers, all grain brewing. Um,
0: wow! From from day one. So you were all invested. So you yeah, were, yeah. No were no extra, no we're, extracts no extracts no.
1: I, I guess it was just the books we had. were all grain like we didn't start extracts. So wow. there was a, probably a lot of money spent throwing down the grain, learning <laughs> throwing down the grain, learning how to <laughs> brew all grain. Um, so, yeah, that that, that that little process of the cooler, mash, or ton, and all that kind of thing was our, uh, where we cut our teeth. Wow. Uh, a lot of beer, like I say, probably went down the drain. But, so you uh, got, but
0: you guys have been an investment.
1: Like, how much did you buy that equipment for? Well, I mean, a lot of that was just made. Right? Oh, nice. Until so we, mm-hmm. you know, we got, you know, it was the keg that was cut out or the big brew pot. Right, was, right. You know, this is before, you know, Northwest um, or uh, some of the bigger uh houses that were homebrew especially so um, yeah so that, that's kind of where it all started from and then we moved into um, you know again it was we, we bought we bought that old brew house or that old, old brew pop system wow and uh, yeah so it was just a trial and error now, now thank God Back then, there was no competition, so nice. you could troll air. Today, mm-hmm. you can't troll air or anything. You, get, you better be ready to hit the ground running.
0: Wow. And then from there, so, okay, so you're brewing all this big says so, so, Tell me about this. One. What size was it? How many? Um, seven, barrel, seven barrel. Seven barrel. Oh, seven wow. So you guys were making a lot of beer.
1: Yeah, for, for the brew pub, it was, yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and, sure. uh, yeah, right, so, and, and it was, I mean, you know, I sound like a grandpa saying we walked uphill both ways to school, but <laughs> it was like that. It was, um keg carbonated right. shaking the kegs to get them carbonated yeah. and then forklifting them down the hallway yeah there wasn't any automation kick. on that thing right none no, of no, that no. stuff
0: it was just, just back breaking labor <laughs> at that point yeah. nice nice and so how old were you then man gosh back then it was well I say back then it wasn't it was terribly too long ago
1: it was 07 08, so mm-hmm. whatever that is 35 I'm 45 now so that nice. was 35 ish yeah yeah so what were you doing before? In- so I was I was in the software game and mm. I was uh, selling software overseas. So I was going a lot, but also nice. experienced a lot of beer. And my partner Jason was um, a financial certified financial planner. Okay. Uh, so uh, we we both came from kind of suit and tie uh, nice area. And then we have a third partner Eric Schultenover, who was an attorney. So wow, it all went from. You know, clean cut to scumbag, right? <laughs> to,
0: to, to dirt bag, right? Right. So it normally goes from like you know, like Justin Rhodes, like I wind it down with Kings of queens or <laughs> of and Queens, I stuff it out with Poking Beans. So then, like you go from like the, the Kings and Queens opposite, to, to the opposite ways. way to making beer. <laughs> and by the way, guys, speaking of making beer, speaking of where you can dance with Kings and Queens, you can do that each and every week here on Beer It Is on the CSP Network. My name is Tobias Woolborn and we are rocking and rolling here in Birmingham, Alabama, sweet home Alabama, from my man Michael Sellers, man. So by the way, owner, head brewer, right? All that. Well, i'm
1: the other uh, the head brewer's back there now adam uh and my other partner jason he's production guy so he was kind of the head brewer um for a long time i do all the sales marketing side of things nice so that's kind of the deviation of responsibilities for sure
0: makes sense so what was some of your favorite international beers you were drinking what styles were you drinking Well, i, I
1: tell you i was in australia so all of mine were um it was kind of interesting there was a beer called james squire that oh, was nice. in um sydney at the time mm-hmm. and then a beer that I really, really love, and I haven't had it in years and years and years, was Little Creatures out of Perth.
0: Ooh. Yeah,
1: and so that was that was kind of the beer that really turned
0: me on. It turned on. And what style was that? Tell, tell it was us a about that. Yeah, it. Was nice. It was a simple pale ale. Wow. It pale ale, but it had a
1: lot of orange uh, aspects to it. So it, it almost was like the, the tropical before the tropical was
0: cool, I think. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. So then from there, you were making your own beer. What was the first beer that actually worked?
1: You know, it's funny, I think our brown ale was the one we concentrated on, but, you know, I, and I'll say this, I think Highlands Gaelic at the time was a big inspiration for us. Nice. And um, and we were looking at, at that style. That that really influenced what we were trying to do. So I think that was kind of the first one that really we honed in on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really liked that aspect. And, again, like I say, shout out to Highlands because that was a, the Gaelic Gale was an influence. And
0: that's a beer that's still going strong, still yeah, yeah. making it. Absolutely. And then putting the spot here... Tell us about that. How would you find this place?
1: So this place was, I mean, for people who haven't been to Birmingham, um, there's a baseball stadium across the street. When I say across the street, like.
0: It is literally across the street. Right across the street. As there we sit that. here recording, <laughs> like we're looking at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Shout out to the Birmingham Bears. Yeah, there you go. So we, um,
1: we moved over here before any of that was built, before the railroad park was built. Wow. Which is a, which is a centralized park here in Birmingham. Because uh, we were just looking for cheap dirt. Because nice. uh, at the time we didn't have tap rooms, so we didn't really need a storefront. So we could come into more derelict uh, parts of town, get cheap uh, square footage, nice. do our wholesale production, and be happy. And then, you know, as they say, life, our you know, uh, timing's everything. And a year or two later, baseball field moved in across the street. So, and we were able to do tap rooms since 2011. So, wow, there we are.
0: And so, how many breweries were in Alabama when you came? Through?
1: Uh, I think it was just zero. Uh, wow! Literally so yeah, yeah, zero. A- w- there had been one called Old Town Brewing mm-hmm. Company, and they had burned down, and they were um, they had a fire, so they were going through a lot of change. But yeah, it yeah. was just us uh, for the first little while, and then I think uh, we had another brewery that popped open that was doing um, you know contract brewing mm-hmm. type thing. But yeah, for sure.
0: And it's a very interesting thing because now in the state of Alabama, you have breweries in Huntsville, you have brewers in Escalusa, I think and- there's thirty two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So literally, from when you come in at zero, what's the biggest change you've noticed as the breweries have come on?
1: You know, I think what really, and you know, I think Atlanta and or Georgia is about to see all this, is mm-hmm. the um, legalization of tap rooms. It is the ability for, uh, it gives people a quick injection of cash to help them kind of get into business. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. I think before then, there was five or six. Once the taproom is open, it turned into thirty-two, and I, I think you guys will see that as well. Yeah,
0: apparently. and that's going to be very interesting. So, and that's a question I can actually ask you too: How for you? Because you started without the taproom. How long were you without the taproom before you?
1: Oh, eight to eleven, so three years. So, three so you did
0: right. three years without the taproom, sure. just making beer, putting Pulled in the soap, cakes, right. yeah, yeah. and were you were you were you canning? Were you bottling in? Or? No, no, it was all it was all draft. Oh wow, all draft. Yeah, yeah. Like, how were how you making it? We weren't. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of revenue streams <laughs> if it's just games, and you're only, like, distributing, like, in the city limits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you have to,
1: I think the tap rooms are uh, an essential part of the health of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, package, obviously, is is that way as well. Um, packaging that, we were kind of the first one in the Deep South to ever can our beer. Um, you know, wow. at the time, Sweetwater wasn't doing it, Terriple wasn't doing yeah, it. Was bottling, um, yeah, everybody was bottling it. Everybody was bottling it. wasn't doing mm-hmm. it. And uh, quite frankly, we just kind of, kind of went off of what Dell had started uh, Kotechis, uh who's you know an alabama kid went to Auburn with us and, nice uh, um and just kind of followed his lead on that started this you know and that that helped us and it, it was kind of weird because at the time canning was a struggle people didn't want to hear about cans mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a, a, a devaluer right right devaluer. right it's funny how that goes and right now you it's hard to get a bottle right
0: Man, cans are so great because you can to the beach, take it to the lake. Sure, they're portable. Better for the beer. Better for the beer. Better for the environment. Sure, so sure. it seems like yeah. innovating there. Yeah. So I mean, when you guys were you guys mobile canning before? Or? No, we jumped in and bought a canning line. Yeah, cast Ooh.
1: canning line. Yeah, that's that's, that's an investment. Sure, that that's an was, investment. We've been all in from day one. Like it's all chips have been in. Um, whether that's naive or whatever, it's just you know, and this is just us. It's not you know crazy investors or anything like that. Right. Wow. So, yeah. so it's you.
0: Jason, Jason, Jason and
1: Eric Schulten over in, wow. in Nashville, and then we do have a few family and friend investors, but you know we don't have any sort of outside. We're still independent craft, you know, yes. still rocking along that. And you know what? The upside down bottle. We're still upside down
0: bottle. Upside down bottle. And that's going to actually bring <laughs> along several more questions because when we come back off this break, we're going to talk about one what independent craft means to this brewery, how that affects this brewery. Also, two, what are some things coming up next, guys? Stick and stay. Here it is. CSPN, We'll be right back. This is Tim Dogg from the Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to join myself, Agent Seventy, Dirt, and Roddy Cat live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time as we discuss the latest break-in comic book news and also review the new comic books each week along with discussing TV shows, movies, and much more. And make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com. You can listen to the Conflict Chronicles every Friday by subscribing to the Cold Slither Podcast Network. All right, boys and girls, back off the break. And this is go on for Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. Shout out to Classic and Melody for allowing me to do this show each and every day for absolutely free once a week on the network. And don't forget to support our good folks at Amazon.com. Click on the link on the CSPN.us page. Support our sponsors. Go on, buy your Amazon stuff as you absolutely already would. We just get a little bit of cut of it, and allows me to travel, come to fun places like Birmingham, Alabama, and drink beer with my man, Michael Sellers. Michael, how are you again? Good, good, good. All right, so we're back in the saddle, man. We were just coming back. We were talking about how the tasting room, different things kind of have impacted what you guys do. Kind of like explain to people who may not understand how your tasting room works and operates and how that's been able to impact sure. and help your growth. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think
1: with a tasting room you have to understand that you're not a bar you're not a retailer you are this is just a brand extension mm-hmm. this just allows you to sample people on what you do it also allows you to kind of set the stage of how you want your beer to be viewed or your brew to be viewed so you know the aesthetics are very important just in, in customer service and just mm-hmm. the overall experience is what people are going to take away so it, it is a brand uh, mm-hmm. extension more so than just a retail outlet for us um, and our retailers are very important to us, so we try to keep everything in line with what they would do, and there's no, you know, undercutting or anything like that.
0: And that's an interesting thing, because, like, how does that play in Alabama? Because Alabama's not a three-tier state, right, or it kind of we is? Are, yeah, It yeah, is, a three-tier state. Yeah. And a franchise state, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the audience, playing, just in quick terms, three-tier, what does that mean?
1: 3 tiers: uh, a manufacturer,
0: a distributor,
1: huh. and a retailer, or yeah. a bar, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and you have to live in one of those tiers. Right. Uh, you can't live for in Alabama, you can't live in two of those tiers. So I mm-hmm. couldn't be I couldn't be a manufacturer and have a retail outlet or vice versa and uh, or any uh, kind of combination of the three. So, yeah, that's a um, – that we're, we're featured just like Georgia is, um, and we're a franchise state just like Georgia is. Um, so that is um, – so the, the, the carve out here is that we're just um, – we're sampling on premise. We can only serve the products that we produce right. in house on premise. Yeah, no guest
0: taps. Like no some states you can do guest yeah. taps some, yeah. uh, and the different other things. I, I, different state laws are a little yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, like in Florida, for instance, it's still a three tier state, but like, I know some breweries who started their tasting rooms with other people's beers. Sure, sure. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, you yeah, can do that. Yeah, yeah. So they were making money. Out of the tasting room, why they were getting there? Yeah, exactly. So they were making the money to fund the sure. building of their brewery. Sure, sure. So it's just interesting how every state is it's different. a little different, right, right. right? And so we talked about Alabama. We talked about now there being thirty-two breweries here. Yeah, how, how do you guys all play together, man?
1: Oh, uh, very well. I mean, I think we have a common interest in what's going to go on. We, you know, obviously you combine to um, help, you know, have a hand up in the air for legislative issues, for just overall. Um, Craft industry issues that we mm-hmm. all face, and it's a good place to be able to talk about those things and maybe come up with some sort of organizational aspects to resolve some of these issues. And so, is there,
0: is there like an Alabama guild? Yeah, and, yeah uh, Alabama uh, Brewers Guild. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, what do you guys like meeting out of those? i meet
1: like on a quarterly basis mm-hmm. and um, kind of talk it out. Um, and, you know, and it's a lot of that is fundraising, a lot of that is
0: legislative issues, um, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. And then from there, what are some things that are facing the state of Alabama, specifically, as far as the beer industry and well, how things go. I
1: think, you know, with Three the Hops kind of kicking all this off, it's really been, I mean, Alabama is relatively progressive. I mean, I know that's counterintuitive for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. in this in this uh, way we are right now, in the beer world at least, we're a little more uh, progressive. Like I said, we've had tap rooms since 2011. That's yeah. something that uh, Mississippi doesn't have. Georgia will have, I guess, here in a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been looking at that for three years. So, But there are some other things that I think we can work on to help um, ease the burden on our small businesses that are that are breweries yeah. and now that they're kind of a substantial part of the entertainment uh, feel of every community uh, there's some things that we can do to make them more healthy and more sustainable moving forward yeah. and
0: then how far are you guys distributed right now? Uh, we're distributed
1: in Georgia uh, Tennessee and the panhandle of Florida
0: nice nice you guys are including Alabama uh, you got like four yeah three well, states, yeah, or really, four states four states Yeah, that's pretty awesome man yeah. I mean what was it like getting that first account outside of, not even Alabama, say outside of Birmingham? What was that like, man?
1: You know, I think at the time it was a little uh, different in the sense that we were one of a few breweries, right? So right. it wasn't, you know, today you just jump into a pool full of everybody. Back yeah. then there wasn't a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it was probably a lot easier to mm-hmm. get that account back in the day. So you maybe not, a, you didn't appreciate it as much as you do now with all the competition. But uh, I say now, uh, you know, especially coming to Atlanta, it's, you know, it's, we look at some of the accounts that were our haunts when we would come to Atlanta because right. Atlanta is the big city for us, mm-hmm. um, and so being a part of that is a you know pretty incredible feeling when you see all the see your beer in some of the places you went you've been going to for years and years.
0: Yeah, I mean it's crazy. That's why I was just at Brick Store the other night, and I saw the guys stick handle oh, on Atlanta. there. Yeah, and yeah, it's like wow, okay, that's really cool for those yeah, guys. Yeah. Man, yeah, like it seeing is. them at Joe's. I mean. Brickstore yeah. Porter, you know, yeah, Argosy, yeah, some of these
1: epic places that we've already been going to for years. It's really, it's really incredible. So does it still catch you, like when you see your beer, like place like like uh, that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's still good. It's still, you know, it's kind of a you kind of look back on where you've been and say, ah, oh, this is awesome. Hey, know, man, we, yeah, we do doing all right for yeah, us. Well. <laughs> 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 we're trying, and we're starting to see a little bit of fruits of, of the trying aspects.
0: Well, and then how does that work, man? Because you know, there's an old joke in brewing where. In order to make a little money, spend a lot of money. Yeah, how does that how's that working for you guys? Like, are you guys like, starting true. to make some profits? True. I mean, I mean you guys yeah, talking? I
1: mean, I think after ten years, if we weren't. That'd be a bad, bad scene, right? Yeah, right. I will say, you know, it's 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 more difficult out there for everybody. Um, you know, with seven thousand licensed burrs by the TTB, inevitably it's just going to get more and more difficult. Uh, and and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about just at this point, it is just comes down to execution and working hard. I mean, that's what it is. I don't think there's a silver bullet for anyone. It's just, you know, execution, doing with your plan, and trying to make the best quality beer you can. You know?
0: And so from there, like, what do you think separates the, the big brewers or the really good brewers from everyone else, like the ones who I guess are going to survive as things continue?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I wish I knew that. I mean, I think we'd all be way better off if we knew what the uh, – what the silver bullet was again i I think it's just important to stay true to what who you are um it's very easy to get distracted in the days because this style is super popular maybe that's not in your wheelhouse do you go chase down that rabbit hole um a new brewery pops up with really crazy great marketing does it it make you want to change your marketing i I, you know i think all breweries kind of go through that um you know kind of looking to see what's happening in in the industry and Question themselves, what are they doing? So I do think it's just important to stay true to yourself, stay on the path, execute a plan. That's, that's all you can do. Right. And if it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't,
0: you know, <coughs> you start over and you yeah, it again. <laughs> and, and this is also an interesting topic, man. A lot of people ask this, and I always wonder, like, what would it take for you to dump a beer that's being brewed?
1: I mean, I mean, I think it happens. I mean, I, for us, it's just a standard that we have with with what we want to put on the shelf. So if it doesn't meet that standard instead of hurting your reputation, I mean, it, it stings because it's dollars that go down the drain. Literally, <laughs> Yeah, literally dollars that you, you have to just say, look, I mean, that's, that goes part of that executing a plan, being true to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's, that's kind of what it is. I mean, I, I think, thank goodness it doesn't happen as often, you know, as it may have in the past. I mean, you know, obviously you get better at your craft and you get better equipment and you get, you know, more experience and things like that kind of subside. So, you know.
0: Well, I'll tell you another place where well, we try not to dunk beers. Here on Beard is, I'm see his CSPN Network. My name's Bryce Wilborn, and rocking here in Birmingham, Alabama, with my man Michael Sellers yeah. at Good People. Shout out to all the folks down here who listen to the show each and every week. So then from Mike, from there, man, tell me about your brew house, man. So, yeah, so we're a 30, 30-barrel 30, um, brew house.
1: We've got 19... Um 60 barrels and uh two 120s uh, that's a lot of beer man it is i mean and you know and, and we're lucky at this point we're still just keeping up with production so that's that's good um we've got a canning line over there that's about 60 cans a minute um two cask uh units so i mean we're, we're pretty busy just kind of keeping everything um together right and, and you got a tap room again we're right across the, street from the baseball field so right, we got a pretty decent tap room business during the summer with uh, all the baseball patrons and Yeah, so you know, are are you on tap in the park too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. What do you have on
0: over there?
1: Uh, I think we've got our pale over there. We've got our JUCO, our um, our session IPA, or we're calling our Southern IPA, I should say. Nice, Uh, Urban Farmer, which is our saison. So yeah, some things that you can drink.
0: Right, yeah, Yeah. because it gets hot. Yeah, Yeah, you want to kind of knock back some beers. Absolutely. That's going to be very interesting. Guys, and speaking of not back some beers, it's about that time. We're going to try a few things. Michael's going to form up a couple Shit. samples, and we're going to talk about those samples here on the next segment. Guys, stick and stay with Beer It Is. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is your man, Jeremy, from the Crown and Collars podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation and to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. And my God, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And there is some beautiful, glorious beer in front of me here in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama, as uh, Forrest Gump will say, at Good People Brewing Company. I don't know. I don't know if I can really say Forrest Gump because he played at Bama, and I have an Auburn man here. We have plenty of Alabama uh, guys here too. Well, it is Birmingham, yeah, it is. so you know. Some, some people, some people call it an interesting name that I ain't going to say. They call it Bama Ham, right, or whatever that's called, right? Yeah, And um, it's interesting. I was upset because I was here for SEC. I didn't get to get fired for SEC media. Day. I was here, but I, I just too much going on. So I had to make a special trip back right, to kick it with the homie Michael Sellers good. and. He set it out for me, man. He's got some really cool beer. And we're going to start. He's got a lime in one of them. I thought that was against the craft beer regulations, man. You got to walk me through this. Is there
1: anything anymore against regulations? Apparently not.
0: And I'm going to throw the lime right in. I'm going to fruit my beer. And I would not have done this before. But, hey, man, the game is changing. Everybody's fruiting their beer, right? It's either as a garnish or in the beer. Right? It's already in the beer, so, you know, why not, man? Um, ooh, this is fun. So walk me through this Mexican lager. Yeah,
1: so, look, so this is the thing, like, it's a, I mean, you guys know Atlanta, it's hot, and it's hot here. Sweltering. And, again, we, we have a, a baseball stadium right across the street from mm-hmm. us, and so, you know, a lot of this is, beer has to be drinkable as well, right, in right. all conditions. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell you, you know, everybody loves a Mexican lager, whether it's, you know, you're in the Caribbean on vacation, oh, yeah, yeah. or you're having endless chips at your local uh, Mexican restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's above getting a uh, Mexican lager. Yep. Uh, so we thought we'd just kind of put a little take on it, uh, our own little take on nice. the Mexican lager. And we kind of threw that up on the wall back in the spring, and it's been a huge hit in the tap room. And so I think what we're going to do is... this going to make it out to the streets? It, well, it's, for um, a limited time only, we will have it at um, Taco Mac. Shout out to Taco Mac. Uh, October, we're Beer of the Month, and this is going to be one of the uh, beers at uh, Beer of the Month.
0: And by the way, for that Taco Mac Beer of the Month thing, they do these really cool glasses each and every week. And yeah. so it's going to be, this brew is going to be on there. Shout out to the good people for getting on that yeah, list. Absolutely. Having the glass wear and repping themselves in the ATL. You got it. We're and, super excited. What are the other beers that are going to be on for that? Do you know yet? Yeah, so we'll have um, our Good People IPA, nice. uh,
1: which is our flagship that you find in your Krogers there in Atlanta and Publix's around town, um, and then also our, our Good People Pale which is our second best selling nice. beer, uh, and it's kind of a good staple beer, it's so your you know your food beer. Uh, and then we we'll also have this uh, Mexican Lager, which will be one of them, and then our Winter Ale, which will be soon as
0: well. So yeah, nice. i about the Winter Ale.
1: So, we what we're, it's going to be a little more malty, so we're going mm-hmm. to kind of move away a little bit from the uh, hop forward that we typically are. Nice. Uh, so, we'll have a little more malty roasted aspects to it. Yeah.
0: Nice. So man, you know, typically, man, you know, it's the South, man. You don't really get cold enough for those winter warmers. Like, what's up nah. with your Southern boys making the winter beer, man?
1: Well, it's not as winter warmer as, right. as a, you know. Like a, a Christmas ale. Yeah, yeah, like a Christmas ale or mm-hmm. barley wine right. or, or anything like that. It's still going to be in the... In the more drinkable,
0: sessionable aspects of, nice, of, nice. of, of, uh, of a more malty beer. Yeah. Oh, and we're next, and we're on to the JUCO.
1: Yeah, so this is our—we're uh, calling this our Southern IPA again.
0: I love the name on this, man. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I'm a football guy, but maybe some of the audience who aren't, man, tell us what JUCO means but and JUCO, what that means. To this I mean, look, I
1: think most everybody in the South who has any follows recruiting at all right. understands uh, junior college transfers, JUCOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of like the name. I think it was a, the name is something that I think is kind of inherent to the South. Uh, right, have right, a right. lot of junior colleges that are kind of, and then I think a lot of us, even when we went to four-year universities, we went to, I went to JUCO during the summers to get rid of some of my hard yeah. classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a scenario, some money, too, yeah. It's an integral part of, I think, who we are uh, down here at junior colleges. And so it's kind of our shout-out to that. Like, it's, you know, everything we kind of do, we try to make a nod to some of the more obscure aspects of Southern life.
0: I love it. And, yeah. and Juco was it was that for us. Rep your set. Right. I love it, man. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it's it is a fun 4.2 you nice might. beer. So, yep. tell me a little bit about the hops and how, what's, what's going on in here. Yeah,
1: no, we got Mosaic in this guy, some Equinox and some Simcoe. So, you know, you're going to get that uh, those aspects of that of that beer. Mm-hmm. What I like is the low alcohol and the crispness of it. Yeah. It's very clean. I like a nice, clean.
0: And it uh, looks pretty, idea. too, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Nice. Like, like, the look on its right. Right, and I can tell even by the way like it sits in the glass sure. and it bubbles up. It's not up cloudy here. like mm-hmm. the New, uh, new England that everybody's drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> over that, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he said that. I'm saying I said that. And look, and by the way, I, I, a lot of brewers will listen to this, and I appreciate you guys. And some of those hazy IPAs are dope, but. Let's, let's see if we can elevate our game a little Sometimes bit. Sometimes it's cool to see your label through the beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Occasionally, you know, Absolutely. see something different, right? Absolutely. And so from there, we're going to move on to... So this is, this next beer... He just went right in. He's yeah, ready for like it. Cut <laughs>
1: you off. Now, <laughs> I'm not now, mad, so, but
0: <laughs> So this is a barrel-aged farmhouse
1: uh, with bread and in it. Ooh. Um, so this is a, a, a series we're calling our Funk Farm series. So what we, under this title, is barrel-aged um, sour beers as well as mixed fermentation kettle sours. Mm-hmm. So this is a line that you can only get in the tap room. We don't have it in the market. I think we are going to move some of these into uh, for the Taco Mac because uh, nice. uh, available at Taco Mac for the October uh, mm-hmm. aspect, maybe a Sour Sunday or something
0: of like that. Sour Sunday. Hey yeah. guys, and I, by the way, when they do that, I'll let you know. And also, speaking of that, where can people find you on the Twitter and all that good stuff?
1: So we're at GP Brewing on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, Good People Brewing. So yeah, that's we're at GP Brewing. Find us everywhere out there.
0: Go yeah. go show them some love, man, because they're making some bad ass beer. You, thank you. And by the way, this beer got ranked by a certain magazine. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so you know Paste Magazine out of out know, of ATL out of the ATL um, does the style rankings on a on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the, our Funk Farm, this barrel aged farmhouse, came in at number fifteen, and then our Urban Farmer, which I'm not sure has hit the Atlanta, it hasn't hit the Atlanta market yet. No, uh, I didn't even add uh, it so, yet. Saison and uh, it was number 21 in their ranking. And by the way, when They're
0: they do these, like that. That, that 15 was out of like 180 something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's and all blind, too. Yeah. So yeah. we really we'll appreciate that. And by the way, full disclosure, I've actually been on a couple of those panels and it's a really good time. They just bring out a lot of beer and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got you have your water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting or they just put them in, you know, sure. these things Mark. and you just, yeah, unmarked yeah. yeah. and you look and you, you know, you're looking for color, you're looking for taste, sure. you're looking for touch. And, they're really fun event. Shout out to Jim Farrell and that uh, crew right, right. for doing those whole things. That's and um, Wild Heaven will host a lot of those as oh, well. Nice. Yeah, so shout out to them and Decatur for doing those. Anyway, that being said, man, this beer is really fun. And we got an interesting bottle here. Brewed, on the, brewed, on, brewed in February of last year yeah. and bottled... September.
1: So we're almost a year on this beer.
0: Ooh, and it's drinking good, yeah, man. Yeah.
1: It's really good.
0: So, like, speaking of that, so with these, like... How do you keep your sours? Do you you put them in the fridge. How do you keep them? How do you age them? Do you age them? What so yeah, do?
1: we 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 age them warm, and then we'll put them. We'll put a limited amount in a cooler for people to have. Okay. on site. You know. Nice. So yeah, it is. And you can buy them to go, and, and, and I think it's going to be the same in Atlanta. But we have we have beer to go mm-hmm. up to two hundred eighty eight ounces. So some people will take, seller these beers warm. But yeah, if you want to have one here, we also keep.
0: Them warm. Right. Okay. But but you could seller the sour warm if yeah, you yeah, wanted absolutely. to. Or. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. not bad. That. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, this beer is interesting. And I think if it's doing this well now, I wonder, like, what would be the max time on that that you would say?
1: That's a good question. I, I'm thinking probably looking at about two years on that. But, um, but yeah, right now it's just it's, it might be peaking out. It's really, really good at this point.
0: And that actually it's interesting. I actually have a Sour Beer Fest tomorrow. So I think I'm going to get one of these bottles from me and, it. and take it and yeah, absolutely. go wild. Some people at the Sour Beer Fest. I got it tomorrow. No doubt. Do it. No
1: doubt. Thank
0: you. But anyway, that being said, man... We tried some of these. Oh, you mentioned urban father Yeah, so tell me about that beer.
1: So it's our take on a on a, on a, on a saison, right? It's, so it's a you know, down the road saison. I think that we execute a little um, pretty well. It's in a package, it's in our can at the moment, so mm. you can get it in Alabama pretty much anywhere. Yeah, um, it's, it's on the shelves, but yeah, it's you know a little spice to it. Um, very sessionable, as, as, as people say. So yeah, it's a it's a good yeah. alternative to something that somebody may not want the super hot forward. Has a little more multi aspect that yeast comes through, so it makes it uh, a little more Belgian type of feel to it.
0: Nice. And guys, we're gonna we're gonna take one more pause for the cause. It's gonna be the last one of the show because there's one beer we haven't mentioned. Snake handler. No, 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 that's <laughs> not it. Oh, we haven't mentioned snake handler. We are gonna have a sample of snake handler when I come back. But there's one beer. This it it's actually my favorite that you guys do. Yeah. And I'll tell the audience what that is when we come back, stick and stay. And if you know me, you know what style it is. Because I talk about my favorite style <laughs> all the time. So we'll talk about that beer when we come back. Right here, here it is, CSPN.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Classic of the CSPN. Do you like the podcast that you're hearing so far? Well, you can help us out. Keep our podcast free for you by shopping at Amazon. Visit our website, cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, you can shop for music, books, Blu-rays, DVDs, toys, jewelry, apparel, and much more. All with the discounts, quality, and shipping reputation that Amazon has to offer, and all through the CSPN. So, help us out. Go to CSPN.us, click on the keep our podcast free link, and shop at Amazon through us. Do it today.
0: All right, boys and girls, once again, this is Devise Wilborn here for Beer It Is. Today, the name of the marquee is Good People Brewing out of Alabama in my Keith Jackson voice. Old school ABC, you know what I'm saying, rocking and rolling. But we're here with Mike Sellers as he continues to talk to us about their brewery, their beer. And I promise you guys, there was two beers we're going to discuss. One, we're going to get into the Snake Handler IPA, which has become a very popular... Mike's going to tell us about the malt bill and the hops and all yeah. that good stuff with that beer. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, so Snake Handler is our most... Um, well, it's our, our biggest beer that we
0: have out there. That's well,
1: a big boy. Oh, it's a 10ABV, and it's got... Uh, well, there's another big beer, but we're going to get into that yeah, next. There's yeah, there's another big beer, but that did not come out as much. So Snake Handler is available in draft. Um, so it's our double IPA. So the malt bill is twice what our IPA is mm-hmm. currently. And, uh, you know, it's got a... Um, Ton of hops in there, so it's a five different hop banger. In nice. that guy. And it's a, uh, IBUs are over a hundred. Um, and it is, by the way, that's it, international bitterness yeah, unit you know, for, else, the, for yeah, the audience. Because some people,
0: yeah, I, I still got members, some people don't know, yeah. but yeah, it's I mean, it's got, it's got some bitterness to it.
1: But I mean, obviously, you know that there's perceived bitterness and then there's IBUs. And the perceived mm. bitterness, what makes this this beer maybe a little different, is the perceived bitterness due to the balance against the malt bill you don't perceive the 100 IBUs. Facts. Um, so that's that's kind of one of the things that I think separates it apart from other double IPAs is Ooh. the perceived bitterness on it and the balance in that malt um, bill but yeah so that's been a very popular Colts classic we released that in package in 12 ounce cans once a year in January um, so that'll be coming out January 2018 20, 20, uh, pay attention no doubt. And then, um, yeah, so it's in draft year-round. So I think you can get it in Atlanta on, mm-hmm. the, on occasion there. Yeah, But, yeah, so it's coming out. It's, it's, it's one of the, like I say, cold classic type thing for us.
0: And speaking of cult classics, you know, I think it was 2016 this beer was, like, top five on pace. And then I think last year it was still in the top It 10. got number one. It got number one. Oh, 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 yeah, excuse yeah, me. Oh, a, oh, 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 I on mean, not the the hairs or anything. I mean, number one out of over... <laughs> Two hundred fifty <laughs> barrel yeah. aged out. I mean, excuse Paris. me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Number one, and you know, I think last year was says just the tachy- top five. Tachy- yeah, tachy- yeah. Tachy- yeah, yeah,
1: number one, <laughs> and
0: it's none other than El Gordo.
1: Yeah, yeah, El Gordo. So, El Gordo is just. It was the first uh, beer. So in in twenty ten, I want to say we uh, Alabama lift, lifted the uh, ABV law to move it up to thirteen nine. Nice. Um, and that was the first beer ever served mm-hmm. to the public at thirteen nine. And it was exactly thirteen nine because notes, it could never be over all, all because thirteen nine on the notes, you know. notes. Right. That's difficult to do, but yeah. Uh, but so yeah, it's it's our big massive stout. Uh and we have every year in December an El Gordo Day and that is you got to come over in December. Everybody needs to get over yeah. here in December and have that. Uh, and it's that a two-hour drive, guys.
0: In, yeah, and, we'll have, we'll,
1: we, and we've always pulled back years, so we'll have some aspects of a vertical uh, available. So yeah, it's there. Come get it. And then and then and then there also is the barrel age on that beer. There is the barrel age on that beer. Yeah. So there's there's more out there for this year as well. So yeah, we'll have. Oh, do tell. Yeah. So uh, we we'll, we'll have them aged in some whiskey barrels back there and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Available for everybody to come see in December. So, yeah. Check hey, their local
0: listings. Check your local listings. Follow these guys on Twitter at GP Brewing. Also on Instagram. Also on Snapchat. Also on Whatever. Facebook. <laughs> and find them at www.goodpeoplebrewing.com. Got it. Where you can check in with them and find out what they're doing with that. I mean, because that beer, man, I mean, What's it like? Tell me, describe it to the audience who just does it rich, I think.
1: full body. Full-bodied, rich, just, um, it it, it almost... It's a deep, dark color, too. The beer itself almost tastes barrel-aged when it's not Mm -hmm. barrel-aged. As a matter of fact, I think when Paste looked at the, um, when we got that first year, they called to make sure that we hadn't sent a barrel-aged beer. At the time, we weren't doing any barrel-aged beers. Correct. So, it does have a lot of smoky bourbon characteristics mm-hmm. by itself without without the uh, the aid of, of, of barrel aging. And then the barrel aging just takes that to a whole different level. Uh, you get a lot more of a sharpness that you get with a barrel-aged uh, bourbon.
0: But uh, then uh, it, it bottle conditions itself. It and is. It it's just silk. It's, yeah. sits it's it.
1: silk. It Oof. is silk, yeah.
0: Like I said, man, guys, and I'm not telling you, man, I, if you... If you have the opportunity to get your hands on some, I was lucky to try some out of the tap. I'm about to try to see if I can find a bottle or two somewhere that may or may not be scored away. I'm about to see what I can yeah. see, see what I can find. Yeah. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, if you can get your hands on some of that beer, I will tell you it's as good as any stout in America worth chasing. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate to have some really good beer all over this country. And I will tell you that El Gordo is as good as any you'll have. And like I said, I mean cause I've done those paste tastings and it's legit. It's really blind. There's no, you know, preconceived notions. You're just looking at a line of beer, and you're drinking, you're tasting, and, and you're writing the notes, and it's very serious thing. So when a beer wins that, and then it still follows up and still stays top five, right. that tells you the quality of that beer. And, again, I mean, it's stacked up against all the, whatever steps you can name, whatever brewery, the brewery, sure. you know what I'm saying, Firestone Walker, you know, Terrible, Whoever. Whoever it is, that beer stacks up, man. So salute, yeah. you guys are doing it. Thank that. you very much. And to the audience, if you can find it, get you some, hold on to it. And how far does that vertical go back when you guys do those words? Uh
1: I think about a 2012 is what we're gonna have this year. I think Holy. 2012. 13,
0: 13, I, think
1: so. I think so. We'll have to see what got in the retard,
0: Ooh, you guys aren't playing around. Yeah. And, and this so. Be,
1: this is probably the last year for some of those,
0: those Yeah, because eventually, I mean you kinda of runs right up because right you gotta you yeah. kinda kinda drink and they fall off. Sure. But
1: sure, sure.
0: And so then from there, real quick before we got here. What's going up next for good people? Where's the future?
1: Where's it all going? No, I I, I see it. Um, You know, I think we're in a world, too, where it is a lot of it is Mm market-driven. What we're going to see in the market, what's going to happen the next upcoming uh, months. But, look, we're about to move into the fall. So we'll be looking at a lot of things, uh, fall aspects. Like I said, El Gordo Day is happening in December. Um, then we'll have our Hoda which is our Heart of Dixie Open. It's our homebrew competition nice. that we'll have in January or February. Uh, and the Snake Handler also will also be released in January as well in package. So I think some of that will be coming to Atlanta this year. Hey,
0: man, so I, yeah, I will that's, keep that's, you guys posted yeah. on where that snake can It's a good beer, man. Yeah. It's a really good beer, good double IPA. It stacks up against you in double IPA out there. But everybody come over
1: there. for Old today. It's good times, bands. There's, you know, it's, it's a lot of, um, of bottle share going on, a lot of bottles um, being sold.
0: And that's another important thing, real quick, before we get out of here. What, is, what does the bottle share culture mean to you?
1: You know, I, for, for me, I think it's just a way to keep the heart of craft beer going. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I think that's it. Like Bottle share is the heart of craft beer. Yeah. As as craft beer becomes more mainstream and you get more Mexican lagers and you get more of some things, you know, we, we got to remember we came from the, the, the beer enthusiast crowd, right? Yeah. That's where it spawned from. And that's what bottle shares do. I think it keeps, it keeps well, for one, it helps productions and brewers mm-hmm. keep their um, creative juice is flowing. Yeah. And, you know, with bottle shares, that is something you can do in small batches. And mm-hmm. you, can do out there. you don't have to go to your stream and ask about how we're going to move a bunch of volume of this beer. Uh, right. So, so that's that's it. I mean, I think it's the heartbeat of, of craft beer.
0: Yeah. And then it's so interesting because there's, there's that battle between the guys who are trying to get the... There's some people who like... I call them whales or whatever you want to call sure, sure. them. There's some whale hunters and I think they annoy me sometimes. Yeah. What's your take on that whole scene, man?
1: But that's it. That's every hobby. That's everything. I mean, I I don't care if you're into cheese, you know? (laughs) Right, right. There's people that are into that and cheese, right? And anything. Foodies are like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a beer thing. It's any hobby you can come up with.
0: There's going to be the people who... There's going to be enthusiasts
1: that that are purists that want to see it one way and other people want to see it the other way. That's just the nature. I think that's just human nature and how when people... Are uh, find themselves endeared to a certain product or a certain aspect of life, they want to. They're going to debate it and talk about it. So I think it's
0: a healthy thing. And then last thing, what do you drink other than your stuff?
1: Uh, other than my stuff, I like I, you know, I try to drink a lot of local stuff here. Um, you know, we don't get a lot of, of Atlanta stuff right now. Um I mean, look, we, but when I'm over there, you know, I, I try to drink as much as I can. I the Skyfly Andy brought me some of that today. I was
0: really right. good. So yeah, you know, I, I like seeing some of these younger guys coming up mm-hmm. and, and So what, what are you yeah. drinking in Alabama though? Like, like yeah, put put us on some, Oh put
1: us on some yeah, put here. Okay. Like, yeah. I, 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 there's a new brewery called Ghost Train. They've got some, some good stuff going on. Yeah. Um I'm just trying to think of, of everybody that we've got we've got going on. Yellowhammer does some things that are really Solid, good. Shout out
0: Huntsville. Shout out to them.
1: Yeah, Huntsville's doing a lot of good stuff up there with, with Straight Tail, Yellowhammer. they yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so yeah, yeah, got you, blue pants up there, too, got blue right? pants up there, yeah. exactly. A lot of these guys are starting to do a lot of spirit stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's trying to... Step the game, spread up. their wings a little bit. And yeah. is there like an Alabama festival? Like, yeah, actually, Saturday actually is uh, the Birmingham or the Magic City Brew Fest, mm. uh, which is the free the hops organization puts that on, and that'll be Saturday. I think it starts at three o'clock. I need to go look at that. But yeah, well, who's hosting it? Where's
0: that going to be? So it's it's going to be in
1: Avondale Park, okay, uh, which is just down the road, um, right up the road from Avondale at Brewery. Brewing, yeah. yeah, it's only like two blocks of Avondale Brewery. So if you guys want to come over from Atlanta and do a beer fest. You can hit Avondale. You can come see us. Nice. Um, so, yeah, you can make a little bit of They had a pretty of.
0: cool festival. Yeah. So, guys, check out that from Frida Hobbs. Also, keep coming back checking out Good People. As yeah. Again, you can find them at Good People Brewing, at GP Brewing on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all those places. Untapped as well. Yeah. They're on Untapped. Be nice in ratings to those guys. Because I mean it ruins a good beer. Don't don't be assholes on untapped. Just but, be honest. Just be honest. But be honest. And listen, but I will say this though. Ooh, that brings about another question. I was gonna get you out of here, but now you brought about another question. Do you personally read the untapped? No. Do you have somebody who does it or Yeah, yeah, we have marketing person who, who reads that. Yeah, absolutely. No,
1: I mean we we, we, we take I personally don't, but we, we do take that seriously and, yeah. and we take suggestions. Um, just don't uh, beat us up because you don't like the color of the outside of the building.
0: Right, right, right. right. Or, <laughs> or uh, one thing I will say I hate about untapped is all right. Let's say you're not into a style of beer. Yeah. And then you go and drink that style of beer from a place. You're like, oh, well, I hate steak handles. Sure. Well, you don't like IPAs, <laughs> so you're not gonna like it. I mean, like, a, there's nothing that they could do with that IPA that you're gonna like. So, for you to then go and rate that beer, I think sure. that's flawed. Stop yeah. doing that. He didn't say that. I said that. Stop doing that. Stop. Or if you don't like sours <laughs> or saisons or stouts, and then you go and have one, oh, and social
1: like, media. Everybody feels like their yeah. opinions necessary,
0: right? And it isn't, but enjoy the beer. Yeah. And well, speaking of your opinions, while you're at it, do rate our show, rate us well, <laughs> on iTunes and all those fine places. Because we actually do, like, kind of appreciate that. So, yeah. be again, but be nice. Enjoy the craft. Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. <laughs> but more importantly, before we get out of here, is there anything else that people need to know about you, the brand, and what's coming up? Well,
1: you know, I, I just think that, you know, for, for you guys and for everybody here, like, we, we've been around 10 years. I think we've got our craft. We worked on it a good bit. I feel like we're putting out good quality product, and uh, we're in Atlanta, and we are so happy to be there with all some of the big names or some of our heroes like Terrapin and Sweetwater. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited to be there. We hope you guys try us out, and we you know put us in your rotation.
0: Put us in the rotation. I tell you, nothing put in the rotation. Beard is on the CSP network. Guys, thank you so much for having us, Mike and audience keep sticking and staying, but we're out from here. Mike and I are going to talk a little bit more. We'll be back. See you guys soon. Thanks.